Welcome back to the preview. Wait, this is in the back. Welcome, everybody. Oh, my gosh. We're going to wow. talk about the D-Glow, battle right? for Bedford. No, uh, <laughs> I got I got no idea. Welcome in the bag, everybody. How are we doing today, y'all? Doing awesome. Good to have Jason back. What? I Brad's doing great. We had the weekly today. Brad went off and pushed everybody. I was in my bottom third. Happy. Smiles all day. But I was clearly in the bottom third because I ended up with the lowest tag today. So I still Yikes. had fun out there. Hey, you if you have the lowest tag, that means you can always go up. That, you can't nowhere go to go down. but up. Exactly. You got so. a better tag than me, boss. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, uh, y'all excited for this this combo? I will say this is how many how many appearances this is this Jason? Wow, that was so hard to say. <laughs> four, four. Because I was on the first one, and then I was a short bit on the first callback episode, and then I was on the fiftieth one. I think, right? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. this one. Yeah. So four. Okay. Four timer. Four timer. Uh, and the only other person that's a four timer is Hunter. Mm-hmm. Or is it Hunter or Trevor? Trevor's a three timer. Uh, Hunter's a four timer also. Actually, Trevor. Yeah, Trevor's a three timer because he's hosted once and then he's been on twice for his bag. Okay. Well, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, uh, stay tuned for those uh, four-time jackalopes, the Jason Collins four-time <laughs> Jason, jackalope. Definitely. It's, I mean, it's it's a proper race to come up with a creative reason for you to be on again before Hunter. Yeah. So you're our first five-time guest. For sure. That's true. I can be a guest host whenever Brad's out of town for his next trip to the beach. So That's true. So. That can happen. Speaking of that, what a wild schedule we have. We're back on the regular schedule, in case you all haven't noticed by now. Sorry about that. We had some tech difficulties. Yeah. Tech difficulties, travel difficulties, posting difficulties. It's uh, it's just a host of things. On. Now we're having AC difficulties. It is, it's quite the time trying to get you guys this podcast. But trust me, we're back. We're here. So for those of you who are unaware, we have an amazing sponsor that helps make this whole thing possible. I'm repping them today. I'm actually repping one of my first pieces of flippy disc golf apparel that I ever received uh the flippy foundation creators cup jersey got my quack on the back it is super comfortable i love wearing it around the house it is one of my go-to like oh i gotta slap a shirt on real fast and we're just chilling at home for the rest of the day i'm gonna grab my flippy disc golf shirt Mm -hmm. and as i've been heading out into the actual sun aka outside these past few days um and it is so humid i've been wearing their soul pro material absolutely loving it feels super comfortable doesn't really like as someone who i don't know about the two of you but i sweat a lot like if i think about going outside right now i'm gonna start sweating and so having certain dry fit material still just gets so sticky to my skin and i feel like i can't move as properly as i want to which is not what you want to be thinking while you're trying to get them birdies out there and the Soul Pro material that Flippy now has, incredible, and they have a host of new designs. So make sure you head over to FlippyDiscGolf.com if you're looking for a foundation in the bag, Robbie C, Swanky Disc Golf Collections, all on there under the creator section. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Aaron. Thank you to Flippy for making it possible. Bank. They also have shorts, which I got my first pair of shorts, and they're actually two different kinds of shorts, the cloud shorts and the hybrid shorts. I think the cloud ones are more like the switch Say, let's say like sweatpants material, soft shorts. They're Lounge pretty nice wear. as well. So huh. I got my first I, set of yeah. shorts. You definitely need to size, talk to Aaron. I'll say that you need to size down because I'm a bigger yeah, guy and I got sure. what I thought would fit me. But it's the first time I've had to size down. So Okay. And the shorts. I like mine. I, I've worn mine for disc golf a few times. Very comfortable. I love wearing mine for jujitsu also. Just for anybody that does any, any other activities like that. Running, lifting a little weight. Do they have a liner? <laughs> No, uh, no, they the do ones, not have a liner. Yeah, I think okay. the two, two models I got, which I think are their only two models, don't have a liner. But so. they do have pockets, which is nice. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. So definitely, I'm going to have to reach out to Aaron to get some shorts because right now I'm like, I'm putting my shorts through the ringer because I cannot go outside and film without having to change outfits. So yeah. thankfully, I have a lot of flippy in my closet because mm-hmm. I pretty much only wear them anyways. But I don't have flippy shorts yet. So that's good to know. Fantastic. Well, y'all. Are you ready to discuss the the battle that went down? Yeah, it was it was a very one sided battle. Let's be honest, but it it was a battle nonetheless. 
Not not in the beginning. So for those of you who haven't seen it, a couple weeks ago, if you're a if you're a in the bag faithful, uh, we did a draft of discs that we have sent out, and I drafted a bag for Jason. Brad drafted a bag for himself. They played against each other at Falling Creek, and we put the whole challenge on my channel, Robbie C Disc Golf, for you to check out. So if you haven't gotten a chance to see that battle, I I'm not sure what's going to be the best way to consume both of these pieces of content. Whether you pause right now, go watch the battle, or if you go if you listen to this and then go watch the battle with all of the hindsight information to see what's going down. I mean, what what would y'all pick? I think either one's fine, personally. Yeah. I think they're both applicable. Here it is. Spoilers. Ready? Spoilers. Stop the episode. Spoilers. Right. If you don't want to get the spoiler, then go spoilers. watch the round yeah, first. Go, so, we're going to talk immediately about it if you haven't guessed. It was a one-sided battle. Spoilers. Jason won. So there you go. Wh- Hope- what? Dude, oh, come on, Brad. Yeah. I know. Come on. I know. I said spoilers way more times than I should have, so that's <laughs> that's not my fault now. Um, but yeah, it was a, uh, it was, it was really cool. I mean, although I did lose, I guess just overall, it uh, first of all, it was a really fun experiment. It was a, it was a lot of fun to do. Um, but also I think the bag I picked was a good one. I just didn't use it well, if that mm. is a fair mm. statement. So I'm, I'm, I'm still, I wouldn't really change. I guess the one thing I would change that I did feel like I missed if we want to start there, is that okay? Okay. Place to start. Yeah, so I've got a I've got a series of questions. Ooh, I actually I full that. on prepared for this as if oh. I was interviewing Heck two yeah. people. This is the post game conference. Like you know, you're sitting there with the with the coaches. All right, so tell me, uh, the other team they uh, they scored seventy five points on you, and you scored four. What went wrong? Uh, <laughs> everything mm-hmm. no okay. um so i've got a couple of questions and i want to approach it before we even get to the round i want to approach with a couple like different perspectives of um so i want to start with jason and that is when we did this challenge we did not tell a you kind of knew this was happening but you didn't know what bag you had and we asked you to pick a course before you got like before you knew your bag um, and Brad, therefore Brad was drafting a bag for a course that he didn't know whether it was or not. We'll talk about that in a second, but you chose Fallen Creek. We talked about on the episode that it might've been Tim Brook. What kind of leaned you one way or the other? Well, my, th- well, for starters, like it was a total surprise, right? I didn't know you guys were going to do this at all. I came, I was working the store that afternoon and Brad's like, Oh, by the way, we just drafted a bag and we're shooting a video in a couple of weeks. I was like, fantastic. And he said, I can't tell you what's in the bag, but you choose the course. And Timbrook is definitely my favorite one right now because it's not really long. But I knew there would be some drivers in the bag. And mm. to get out there and actually rip it. Because, you know, Timbrook, other than, other than 13, for me, there's no hole you just grip and rip. Not a single one. Um, and for 13, not everybody has to do that. But I have to do that on 13. So that's why I chose Falling Creek. Because this is my overall favorite course even to this day. I love Falling Creek. Um, and so that's why it was when, when Brad and I first talked, I was like, I would lean towards Timbrook, but it's definitely Falling Creek. Yeah, and to be fair, I I definitely did draft my bag with Tim Brook in mind. So okay, that's where that hurt me a little bit. Yeah, so that's that is what I was gonna. That was my follow up question. Is like Brad, when you started drafting your bag, like did you were you because I know we had said Tim Brook where there are certain holes that you were like, I'm going to need this disc for this hole, this disc for this hole. And then you kind of filled in the gaps or what was kind of the strategy trying to draft around Tim Brook? So I, I really, regardless of what course we were going to, there were a couple of discs I had my, like my eyes on that. I'm like, okay, these are just like staples that I'm going to need. Um, where I really made the mistake was not getting, we didn't, we haven't recommended a lot of like approach discs and, mm-hmm. I leaned heavily on those, um, especially for like a Timbrook and even at Fallen Creek. I was I, I thought the MX one would fill the gap. It just didn't really it was just different. You know, it didn't fill the zone gap or whatever. So at the beginning, I knew I needed either the Envy, Uplink, Toro, Jackalope, some of my favorites, FD. And I had a feeling that if I didn't get the 
Um, like the uplink, I could put to use on a lot of different lines at Timbrook, especially when we get into the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Envy, I just feel like if I don't have an Envy, I'm toast at this point. I, I lean on it so heavily. So I kind of sacrificed the Toro, like that really the only approach disc we had to go after those. And then really, I said hate draft the uplink, but I wanted it too. Um, and I kind of sacrificed the Jackalope. Now, if I'd known we were going to Fallen Creek, I would have played that differently. I would have got the Jackalope for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Now, I'm trying to remember Jackalope. I know you used the Jackalope on, I think you used it on, no. What did you use on hole two? Do you remember? I used the Era. Okay. Because that's what I would throw anyway on that hole because it's, it's open enough that I can kind of flex it. And that's what I did. I flexed it kind of to the right side, right beside the tall grass, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. okay but i've thrown so, the jackalope there before but since the arrow was there that's where i used the arrow yeah so the jackalope looking at the bags that both of you have my two questions were um what was what was a disc that you were ex- what was the disc that you were most excited to lean into while you were out there on the course and then what was the disc that you thought you were going to lean into but ended up not really utilizing because there's maybe some of these discs in the bag that you were like, I'm going to use it once and then check like it's done. But what, what kind of, what did you know was going to be? And Brad, you kind of alluded to this with your answer, but maybe what was another disc that was like, Oh, I'm definitely going to be ripping this thing a ton. And then you just didn't. For me, for me, it was the Mustang to be honest. Like, I love the Mustang. It's not in my bag, but because I have other stuff kind of in that that slot. But I love the Mustang. I threw it as I think, if I remember correctly, it was uh, just a, a pitch up on number six or seven. I just kind of was like, okay, I have to use it. I want to have bag freedom, so I just chipped it up, and that's the only time I used it. So mm. that was a little bit of a letdown. Again, Timbrook, I felt like I would use that a lot or use it multiple times, but at Fallen Creek, I just didn't have a spot where I really felt comfortable using it. Yeah, and for those who haven't watched the video yet, we only played 10 holes. So that was a limiting factor because time, we had a time constraint on how many holes we could play. Mm-hmm. If we played 18 holes, we both would have thrown more of these shots, especially at Falling Creek because yeah. the back nine at Falling Creek is much harder yeah. than the front nine. So I would have yeah. similarly, both of us, I think would have scrambled a lot more on the back nine because there's more trees. So, mm-hmm. so for me, the, the one I knew, like I think you guys even knew that, the origin is the one that, when I talk to people about a disc I need, that's the, they always say the origin. Robbie said it for a while. So, and I threw, I threw it once in practice beforehand. I'm like, Oh yes, great. And it's been in the bag since that first throw. And so the origin I knew I expected to like, and I like a lot. I, I even got a pink one. So I can start beating it in. Cause my bag is pink, but the blue one's uh, still flying. Well, the one, I guess for the one I, that, that I would maybe have thrown more, but didn't was, a. Uh, well, it's two, and one's a caveat at the pure, but I end up putting with the pure because I've never really thrown a pure. But since we don't have putting putters for this challenge, I putted with the pure. So I didn't throw that. I didn't throw that at all that mm. day. So I, in height, because I had the proxy for that line, but my answer would be the proxy. The proxy is a disc that's in my bag already. Um, and I'll, I think I threw the proxy once or twice. And I, the first one was a bad throw on hole two. I had a great shot on era and overthrew the proxy, right? Which normally I should kind of just dump it to the basket. So. I didn't throw the proxy as much as I thought I would, especially at Falling Creek. Um, but the pure, I need to get out there and throw, just because I, 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 I think I'll like it as well. Hmm. Very interesting. Okay. So I, I liked it on both of these. We're talking about those, those shorter range discs, the mids and the putters, uh, and I think that makes a ton of sense, especially seeing Falling Creek Reds. If you are not familiar, haven't watched Foundation content before. Uh, really there's only trying to think hole two, hole four. That's really kind of the only like crusher holes on the front nine, um, or the front 10 that we played. And so, because, and both of those are par fours, Mm -hmm. yep, soft par fours, but par fours nonetheless. And so that makes it super interesting. You can kind of get away with whatever it may be. Um, so looking at the situation that, of you had, one of you was drafting for yourself, but you don't know the course you're in. The other was just picking a course, not knowing what kind of bag you're playing with. 
in hindsight, which position would you have rather been in? Would you rather have kept your position of picking the course, Jason, or would you rather have drafted your own bag and then vice versa to Brad? Would you like to stay where you're at or would you have rather picked the course? I, well, I know this is a boring answer, but I still would like the course. Part of this because the confidence level on Falling Creek that I just, I feel like I know it well enough and it's forgiving enough on the front nine. Drafting disc would be fun, but I still just don't have that deeper detailed knowledge y'all have. That would have been the funner, if that's the right word, right? I'd had more fun getting to draft disc, but uh, you guys talk about a number of discs throughout the, you know, your 56 episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or 54, whatever it is. So uh, you guys talk a lot about disc and I don't have that knowledge. So I maybe be wrongly or drafting improperly or in- poorly. And so mm-hmm. for a, from a fun perspective, getting to choose the course I like, uh, I would have stuck with that. I think I would have, not because I wanted to pick the course, but I think, Robbie, I'd have been very curious, and maybe we can talk about this. Maybe this is one of your comments or questions, maybe. But I would have liked to see, you know, my bag drafting, what would you have done different for me, Robbie? You've seen me play enough that I think you have an idea of, like, how I throw, what my strengths and weaknesses are. You know, would you have drafted my bag differently? So I would have been very interested to see what bag you would have drafted for me. Yeah. Like we could in a reverse, like I could draft for Brad or I could draft for or similarly. Yeah. I could draft for me and let Robbie draft for you and see how it goes. So. The rematch or the sequel? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like I feel like if we did the rematch, the only way to make it the most fair though is that we both draft and then Brad picks the course yeah. at random. Um so that's if you want to run to Tim Brook, you can, but that way we don't have an advantage in drafting. I'll go through, and then Brad just decides to be super cruel, and he's like, "All right, we're playing Independence Longs. Here we go." Uh, I, I, well, I I would not do that to myself. I would I would I might say Manita though. That would be that would be the fun. I like Manita. It doesn't get enough enough street cred. I I've never played Manita, yep. so that is that is fair. Now, one of the questions that we ask when people come on the show is we ask them about their bag. We ask what their greatest strength is. Uh, but in the interview process where people are applying, one of the questions we ask is what area of your bag do you feel least confident in as well as what area of your bag do you feel most confident in? So looking at the bag that y'all had, what area of your bag before you started the round did you feel most confident in? And then afterwards, what area did you feel least confident in? Um, I'll, I'll go first because I can definitely. I felt, and I was. This the answer stays the same both ways. But even when I saw the bag, that my answer would be this. But I was playing really well at that time too, so I was. It all worked together. But the mids, because I I have a truth, and we use my truth, and I love the truth a lot, and the origin I love the lot, and I know the Toro is a putting approach, but it's almost like a mid for me as well for shorter mm-hmm. stuff. So, and I've thrown the Toro, and all three of those, I was very confident even before me playing really well then. I played bad today, but that would be where I say my confidence is, is the longer putting approach, not short putting approach, but long, like, you know, four speed to six speed, right? Four speed to five speed. I'm very happy and very comfortable and confident in those. And he loves a nebula. <laughs> Favorite <laughs> loves it. It just, we talked about discraft molds just don't fit my hand. It's just fine. So um, the thing I was least confident in for this bag was overstable the bear, right? I don't, I have one overstable disc, like really overstable disc in my bag, and it's a Raptor, and I don't throw it that often right now. If I'm throwing flat really well, it'll come out more. Because um, even the era, the era is only like a 1.5. It's like a negative one, 1.5. We were looking at yesterday because I was thinking about doing something other than the era. And I always thought it was more than a 1.5 because it's that stable for me. But the, the stable fairway, because I don't carry a stable fairway in my bag, even on a normal day, even though I should. Because, um, again, the Raptor is like a driver for me, not a fairway. Uh, so the bear would be, would be the most, uh, the, 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 the least confidence. And I only threw it once that day. And honestly, I got lucky because on hole seven, I would normally throw the jackalope outright to crash. And I threw it, the stability got me, but it swung through the tree somehow. Right. So I've acknowledged that was luck more than it was skill. And, and I'm thankful for that. Cause it could easily hit a limb or tree and drop where it did. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard because I feel so not confident about this bag after how I played. Um, so I'm going to try to like lean into it. I think going into it, I felt pretty fine with everything. Really everything. I didn't feel, I felt pretty good with everything really, but the MX one, like I didn't know 
like how that was going to, cause I was, again, I wasn't using it as a mid range. I was using it as like my approach forehand disc, which I lean on a lot. Yeah. Um, so that I was not confident with that or like the bullet. That's what I elected for my like kind of straight to understable throwing putter, which it turned out not to be that way. And I barely threw it. Um, so walking in, I was like, man, I feel good with really everything minus the MX one. But I think coming out of it, I was so unconfident, not, I was not confident with my mid ranges at all. Cause even the uplink, I love the uplink, but I lost some trust with it like a month or so ago and I haven't been throwing it a lot. The good thing about the, the video is I like fell in love with the uplink again. So that's, that was nice to be reunited there. But, um, yeah, I just didn't feel great about my mid range selection at all. Yeah. And I like knowing your game, I'm looking at your, like your seven speeds and faster and they feel very close to outside of not having the jackalope. I feel like it's a it's very picturesque of what your bag like what's mm -hmm. in your bag already. Right. So it's very interesting having the balance between the two of you've got Jason feeling really good putters or mids and down. And Brad has the has what he's looking for and what he normally throws on fairways and up and that contrast. And once again, the course that was selected it turns out like there's only a few holes that having those faster discs was really helpful. And I know you talked about your FD was one, it's your farthest flying disc in your bag. You said it before on the show, but this was a different FD if I'm remembering right. Yeah. So, and th this wasn't like a stipulation, but I wanted to do this. Um, all cause like I bag an NV, I bag an uplink, I bag a Thunderbird. Sometimes I bag an FD, I bag a sale. None of those that I bagged that day were the ones that are actually in my bag. So they were mm. all new discs to me. I wanted to still have like an element of like surprise. Um, so the FD I chose was a C line, which is what we actually recommended, not an S line, which is what I bag. I bag two S lines. And uh, actually, I, I bag a C line too, just for some wind sort of issues. But um, yeah, I threw a C line, which I'm definitely not as confident in. Um, okay. And wasn't as like familiar with like, Again, my S line is beat in enough that it actually will flip up for me. Um, I can also give it like a, a touch of Annie. It'll still come back a little bit. The C line definitely had a little bit more stability as much as a, a FD can uh, than I was like used to. Hmm. Okay. So knowing both of y'all's disc golf careers are on the shorter side, we'll say, because both, but Jason, you're a COVID golfer as well, right? Yep. April of 21. So two and a half years, so less than two and a half years. So seeing that, we talk about Griffin discs on this show quite often of, okay, I have this really, Brad's Vulture, great example of this. So having discs that you've beat in and you know how they fly and maybe even you can kind of connect with this, Jason, for the origin, now that you've thrown the pink origin compared to, because um, for this challenge, we just kind of tried to find discs for the background information for listeners. We grabbed discs that we could find. So that way we weren't like rummaging through the shelves. Like, all right, here we go. 20 brand new discs game on. So I brought an origin that was straight out of my bag and gave that to Jason for him to use during the challenge. And so looking at these comparisons, how was it, how was it, taking a disc or a mold that you're familiar with that you know that you trust and then throwing a new one because this is probably some of the first time that y'all have done this with molds that you've really started to fall in love with i'm guessing other than maybe you've lost some so yeah. talk to me about that kind of journey i think definitely for me i mean we all know at this point if you're in the bag listener my eclipse envy is not a normal eclipse envy at this point and then uh i don't really even throw a lot of neutron other than the uplink um so like i threw a neutron a soft neutron envy for um the challenge and it's really interesting you know i thought it was just like the mold that i'm in love with with the envy i'm just kind of in love with that particular envy and then i have another like griffin envy that flips up that's an, a beaten electron one so it's really interesting. I still love the Envy. I just had to learn how to use it. I use it very differently. And I guess maybe that's answering your question, Robbie. Yeah. Like finding those, um, even the FD, like 
it still felt very good in my hands. So it felt familiar. So I had the subconscious confidence you talk about, Robbie, with like the actual like feel in the hand, which is big for me. But I had to really like mentally get out of, okay, this is not my FD in my bag. This is a whole different one. Like this is going to fly differently. So I think from a confidence perspective of like, hey, I know what sort of type of shot this is going to be. And I know how this feels and about how far this flies for me. That all still applies, but I think it does. It was a little deceptive on a few shots that I threw out of maybe I probably should have chosen different discs because, yes, I realize that mine are more of like the Griffin style. They're beat in. They're not like new off the shelf, and they fly a little differently. Yes, yeah, so for me it was. So I, I I was lucky enough to use some discs from my bag that I had thrown before. The only disc that I the proxy was the proxy that's in my bag, and the jackalope was the one that's in my bag, but. I've thrown a handful of jackalopes now. Like when we did the worst shot doubles, Robbie, I just grabbed Brad's bag that day and threw his jackalope and it felt exactly the same, right? So I think the jackalope, and granted they were beat in, but a jackalope, whether it's Apex or Eternal or hmm. haven't thrown any of their glow stuff yet, I think the jackalope, I'll be happy with whatever it is because that mold just fits my hand really well. And of course, his beat in his beat inness will dictate how I would throw it if I'm throwing well. Um, I don't, and this is... People love Discraft. I don't, in general, like Discraft plastic. So the Nebula is what the Nebula Except is. Between the, the feel and the plastic, the I don't, in general, like it. So I will do a quick shout. Those Buzz 20-year discs are amazing. I'm not huh. a Buzz guy they at all. Great. I mean, they're, they're Wasp, right? <laughs> I mean, they're they're Wasp, but a, a Wasp tool disc. And I didn't realize that until Brad and Hunter and Trevor all told me that. I'm like, wow, because we did a Warehouse Guys throw. Uh, this is not part of this discussion anyway, but the buzz that was amazing because I'm not a discraft guy. So I, wow. I went, unfortunately, I went in biased, totally, total disclosure, went in biased, and that maybe affected my opinion about the Nebula. Um, and it was more stable than I thought it was going to be for for my throwing style. Uh, the Toro I threw that day was a star, and I'd never actually thrown that Birdie Fam Toro, but I love yeah. the way the Toro feels, and I'd thrown a Champion Toro a few times. Um, and so I like star plastic. So it's another easy one. I'm so much more of a plastic guy. Let's like if it feels mm. the plastic feels good, which I know a lot of people say it feels good in the hand, but that gives me con- confidence, right? If I, well, I like the way this star feels or the way um, uh, the way uh, Supreme plastic feels, you know. So those things help for sure in in, in my mind. And then the G Star, the Mamba. I'd never thrown the Mamba. The plastic was good, but it's it has like to me a shallower rim. So that affected my mind because I'd thrown it a couple of times beforehand and it was early release. So, oh. it, but when we played that day, I actually got a clean release. I've thrown it since then. I early released it again. So I was just happy on camera. <laughs> we caught me actually throwing that disc okay. So, which is I, funny because I was like, Jason, I think you're going to, because I, I was trying to uh, hype up the origin with him too. We were talking about it like the week or two before, ironically enough. And I was like, He's like, what disc do you think I'm going to like? I said, I think you're going to fall in love with that G-Star Mamba. So I was completely wrong. <laughs> yeah, it feels great, but I just can't release it well. And of course, we already said the Origin. I love the Neoplastic. The Origin's fantastic. I mean, it could, it could, re- it's, you're the one you gave me so beat in, it, it turns right really well. So it is that spot between my uplink and my hex. Um, yeah. But a newer Origin could kick out a new hex, right? So I could have mm. multiple Origins. I don't want to kick out the hex because that's still my favorite disc right now. Um, but yeah, so it's, I, I don't, other than the, un, other than the conscious slash unconscious bias of the nebula, everything in, everything else, I went in pretty open about it because I just like the way, that, thankfully the plastics we had were plastics I liked. Okay. Let us know in the comments, what is, what's your G-Star Mamba? What's the disc that you're like, man, this is going to be hype. This is going to be great. And you just can't, you cannot seem to throw it well. For me, it was the Raptor. Like I... I really wanted to love the Raptor. Uh, I mean, Jason, big Air Force guy. I was like, yeah, I'm a Raptor guy. That's way easier than a Firebird. I have one less Innova driver in my bag. Here we go. Stick stick it to the man. And every time I threw a Raptor, I just felt like it was either I was so dedicated to not letting it slip out early that I just pulled it super hard left. Or, I mean, it was just fluffy because it came out so early. So. Mine's the MD3. I love how it feels. I love what it's supposed to do. I love when everybody else throws it, but it just, I just cannot throw it well. Oh, man. I mean, I'm telling you, I saw Hunter post that reel yesterday, and I commented knowing, like, based on how much he's thrown that blue C-line MD3, that he's like, oh, yeah, it's super neutral. It just flips mm-hmm. up and does it every time, and then the guys make fun of him because it, it doesn't do that. Um, and so seeing that they made it in an S-line, yeah. I thought. That's pretty sick. Interessante. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so if 
my if there i want to before we dive in because i kind of want to walk through the round because i think it's something that we talk about discs all the time on in the bag but mental the mental game the mental side of it is uh an aspect of coaching that i really love to do but i feel like we didn't get to necessarily dive like we don't get to dive into it very often because there's not tangible evidence of oh this is how you played with these discs this is what you were doing with these discs we're we're kind of just relying on the guests to walk us through that process um so before we dive into that though i would say i would ask are there any like final thoughts on the bags overall slash what would you it it's tough because brad mentioned it like we drafted off of discs we sent so some of the holes or gaps you saw or things might be because we just literally have not recommended that to a person yet um like i would think we're going to recommend a whole lot more overstable putting approaches but the more that I think about that, we preach so often that people should have that disc in their bag that most often someone's showing up with a zone or a pig or whatever that is already in their bag. So it's hard right. for us to make that recommendation. Right. Um, so Brad, I know that may be your answer, but like, yeah. is there any one disc that you have in your bag that you're like, I would pull this out and here's what, if I had access to anything, here's what I would throw in instead. Yeah, I I mean, I think I said already the my biggest mistake was not drafting the Toro. Cuz I I need that disc. Like mm. that's I do a lot of stuff with that. And I also like the I like I've thrown the Toro many times and I like it on backhand and I don't typically like a zone on backhand. So I like it on forehand and backhand. It was really silly of me not to draft that. Um literally and then kick the MX1 out. Not I like the MX1, let's just be clear about that. It just I used it. For, I, I was trying to use it for that overstable approach, and it did not work for that at all. So I would, I would boot that, and I would definitely put in the Toro. Yeah, I would be. I mean, it's no no surprise. I would take the Nebula out because I already have the Origin and Truth. But I would put in a Strider, and a Strider is technically a fairway driver as listed, but it's a six speed. So that would be my overstable mid for me. That would be. I throw the Strider like a mid, and I've been loving the Strider lately. I I I hold two. At Timbrook today, I was like within eight feet, and yesterday I parked it because I cleared the trees, right? Mm -hmm. But I, if I have a wide open space for the stability of the Strider, I love the Strider right now. So the Nebula would go out, and the Strider would come in, and 500 plastic is what I'm throwing in because I like that huh. plastic. So we're getting rid of Prodigy out of one bag and putting it straight into <laughs> yeah, the other. I so. love it. So Strider, is, is that the one that has like the camel with the helicopter yep. back? Yeah. Okay. We had so many at the warehouse. I was like, I'll try one out, and it's for me, it's super stable, right? For other people, it won't be as, but it's it's a stability. I, I don't ever throw it on Annie. I throw it purely on Heiser stability. I haven't done a, tried doing Annie flex on it. It's always a crash disc for me, and it's very dependable. It's, it's like a pig, but I just throw it further than I throw my pig. The way I depend on that pig to always have a clean Heiser crash flight, uh, flight, my strider just goes, I throw it harder, so it goes further. So hole two, you're throwing the big Heiser out to the right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Over the really water high the whole way. Just cover, just just get over the trees and go right. Yesterday I got right by the basket, and today I was like right over the trees, but it's like a ten foot putt. So nice. Okay. Yeah. So here's what I want to do. Y'all let me know if this is okay. Uh, I'm gonna give like a narrative to each hole, and then ask your thoughts based on how that hole seemed to have went, or mm -hmm. some of the questions will be like before walking into the hole kind of a deal um if that works for y'all i think it's great. good so hole one uh this is another spoilers so if you are watching this or if you're listening to this first hindsight information for sure so hole one kind of a tale of two cities we have brad doesn't get off the tee very well at all uh sends one straight into the tree jason throws a pure shot but sails it past the basket so neither of you really looking at solid birdie putts just because of distance or clutter being in the way. How are we feeling? Hole one always has a lot of nerves to it, no matter if you're playing with friends casually or if you're playing on camera. How are you feeling after the tee shots of hole one? Well, for me, I'm just like, why? I always feel this way when I try to throw the, the hyzer li line around the tree. Because it has like a twenty percent success rate for me, 
Um, and I always think I can do it. And I now the problem is when I do it, I park the basket. But that see, that's the mental problem, right? It, I can easily just chuck a forehand and get there and get like a twenty foot putt and give myself a birdie look, eighty percent of the time. But it's not as fun. So I just was like. I was just going for the meme. I just wanted to go around the tree. If I didn't, I was going to throw it into the tree and it looked really funny. So I uh, wasn't feeling great. Um, Jason started trash talk immediately um, after that throw. And he said I wouldn't get up and down for par. Um, well, spoiler, I did do that. <laughs> um, and that the MX1 did fare for me on that particular forehand up shot. So shout out to the MX1, even though I trashed it this whole episode so far. Now, if you watch the video, I didn't say you're not going to do it. I just said, you said it wasn't easy up and down for par. I was like, I don't know if it's easy. I didn't say you weren't. I on camera, I even said, I didn't ever say you weren't going to. But it was easy. I did get it. It was a tap in. (laughs) This is true. He backed it up. I was trying to just poke the bear to see what I could get going that day. Bear's poked. Consider bear poked. (laughs) So for me, I was obviously pleasantly surprised because I threw exactly, in general, I threw that disc exactly how I meant to. And it went a lot further than I expected because that was the first time I'd really ripped on it. Um, and so I, from that throw, I was like, wow, I think I even got on camera. I'm like, that's going in the bag. I love that disc. Mm-hmm. And, and I was putting com- confidently during those t- couple weeks stretch. So even with the pure, when I went to my putt, I was like, what's well, a long putt, but I was confident. I think I hit cage or something, but, uh, mm-hmm. but I was happy. Like after I knew with that throw, I'm like, okay, I'm throwing okay today. And I feel okay today. And that disc flew great for yeah. me. And I, I knew I was in trouble cause he was on, I could tell already. So, and he, he had a vendetta. Like he has not won a challenge yeah. on either of the channels yet. So he was out for blood. Yep. That's, that's the truth. Um, okay. So we go to hole two. It is a 400 foot par four. So for breaking down distance, you only need really two 200 foot shots and you're on, you're parked. Um, drives, I would say dry brad's drive there doesn't go amazing but it's not no, bad yeah, by any not. means um like wrong it's, disc choice yeah but it's it's fine like you're middle of the fairway brad makes a great approach puts it under the basket and then jason overcooks it like he talked about earlier with the proxy juices it way past the basket brad's got a one stroke lead heading into hole two how are both of you feeling in that moment for me, I was like, okay, maybe I'm getting warmed up a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, there's something about, like you said, getting the first hole out of the way. And then, I don't know, being able to like open up on one throw, I just feel like it warms stuff up a little bit, gets some like muscles loosened up. And I felt good with my envy. Like I did an approach shot with the envy, just like a nice little hyzer with it. And it all felt good. I'm like, okay, maybe I remember how to play disc golf. <laughs> Spoilers for now. I had, I had the same. <laughs> I had the same thought about Brad because when he got that birdie and recovered from the easy par on on hole one, I was like, it could, right? He could get momentum going because I played enough with Brad that sometimes when the confidence momentum hit, it just starts rolling. So that was my, I was not nervous. I was like, okay, this could turn out bad for me because he could, I could just par everything and Brad, Brad could birdie everything because almost every hole we play is birdieable. Um, so, but I threw my proxy well. I just put it too flat and not enough Kaiser. So I, even even that, after that, I'm like, all my throws I was actually happy with, it was just a missed throw. So I wasn't going all mine. I totally messed that up. I'm like, I actually threw it pretty well, just wrong. Yeah, and sense. I think even for me, when you threw your air, I was like, okay, he's he's yeah, on today. Air good for, sure. for me. Because yeah. I know you've kind of had like your ups and downs with that disc. Yeah. And that era gets a, I mean, it is a full flex out of that disc. Like, and I don't even know if you can call it a flex. It felt like it was more of a, did you, were you trying to flex it or did it just kind of turn on its own? I was trying to, I was trying to throw flat to Annie to flex it a little bit. If I really give it in a headwind, it'll just stay straight. Not crazy far, but like up to 300, right? When Mm -hmm. I, but it was, I was trying to flex it. Okay. That's always the certain discs. Some people, some people throw intentional flex lines, and then other people, you can just like hit a disc hard enough that it, it turns automatically. So the era, yeah. if, if I'm throwing well, I can have it flip up a little, but and then if I, but it'll turn back left a lot harder. So like hole eleven, if we played hole eleven when I'm throwing well, that's what I would do. A little bit of a little bit of a flip up, but let the hydra come down. But I was trying to flex that one. So mm. okay, so Brad teased it. Spoiler alert, hole three, disaster strikes. Uh, Got a one-stroke lead coming into it. Early release into a tree. I 
I don't even know if I can call it an early release. Uh, just a. a I just a threw it mis- into the tree. I threw it into the tree. Well, a miscommunication. I'm talking about the next shot. A miscommunication oh. <laughs> between oh, yeah. the hand and the mind <laughs> of trying to throw a forehand. Sale, and right? that thing. Yeah. Yeah. That thing was moving in the wrong direction before it was even even with his body to throw said forehand. Um, Brad ends up scrambling and we get a two stroke swing. So now instead of having a one stroke lead, Brad, you are down a stroke coming out of hole three. Mm-hmm. How are we feeling at this moment? Not great. Um, so, I mean, really that, that gap, I usually hit that gap, but I mean, sometimes you just don't get out of that gap on a hole three. So that like didn't shake me that much. I think what shook me a little bit it it like really tanked my confidence because um, I wasn't going to throw the sail. But I've I, Robbie, I've seen you throw the sail on that like Annie forehand yep. before. Like it just is beautiful. And like maybe this is the shot I need. I shouldn't have thrown that. I've never practiced that shot. I've never tried to throw that shot. Uh, and and also I forgot sweat is a thing i also forgot that i had like usually use a dry sack or a chalk ball just didn't do that so i i tried to chop this anti forehand with an understable disc with a like hand that was drenched in sweat and like once it came up like closer to my ear like it was already going backwards while my hand was going forward so i don't know what the heck happened and i don't know it just made me like really doubt my really my whole life as a disc golfer as like a human so like that that wasn't great um I feel like I scrambled okay. It could have been a lot worse than it was. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I just don't love it, like, going from such a hole that I was like, man, I played that hole really well to a, wow, I may never play a hole that terrible again in my life. It was just, it really messed with me. It was, it was tough to watch. I've played a lot of rounds with Brad, and I'm usually the one who has a bad shot, and I've never had a release like that. I've, I've grip-locked really bad into the tree that's five feet in front of me, but that sweaty hand slipped out of the hand. I felt bad. Then I had to laugh a little bit. Then I had to trash talk a little bit. But I really felt bad because that's tough. Yeah. Like, what's a one in a thousand time you'll ever do that? Like, you'll yeah. never do that again. He, I don't think you've ever seen me throw a shot that bad. Oh, it, was, it, it was bad. But, hey, <laughs> yeah. those of you who are listening out there, it's okay to throw a bad shot. Yep. You still like this golf. I yeah. promise. And the bounce back was, it truly was incredible because he's in a bush and he throws a patent pending uplink turnover that was amazing to get back to the fairway, lay it up under the basket, take the five, walk away. So the bounce back, very solid. Whether Brody agrees with it being a real stat or not, that's up for another debate. But uh, the bounce back on that shot alone, incredible. Jason, in it, you kind of dialogue the, I could pick up two strokes here, but you decide to lay it up. Yep. Walk us through that. But yeah, because I had thrown my jackalope, my eternal jackalope, to a place I would normally throw. If I'm throwing really well, I could maybe get it pin high, but I was maybe 20, 25 feet away. But I was up left, and if, for those who've watched it, it's on a hill. So if I run it and miss it, I could go glide down the hill. I could hit the basket and roll down the hill. And, and I was playing to win. I mean, it is a competition, right? We're not out there just to have fun and make funny content. Someone's got to win, and I wanted to win. So I dumped it underneath the basket, which is also what I learned from Robbie. Robbie's like, take the par. You know, don't, don't be a hero. Knowing we had eight more or seven more holes to go, I'm like, that one stroke I saved there could be good. Totally. Totally. So we go to the next hole. Um, I think knowing, okay, Brad's a little, his confidence off the tee is a little shook right now because the next shot is this like open, booming downhill. It's another like, I think it's only like 386 or something like that. Um, But it's, it's downhill for lots of the way. So uh, Jason rips the Mamba off the tee. Brad throws lower than hoping. Uh, so it kind of like burns into the ground. But once again, nobody's in a terrible position. Brad throws his upshot, puts it a little past the basket and underneath a tree. Yeah. So not a great position to be putting from. Jason throws his upshot and he is pretty easy knows he's going to take the three on it brad you're under the tree what's going through your mind here yeah well for if we can go back to the tee shot for a second yeah um i intentionally threw i chose the fd to get it in the fairway okay because normally i can park that hole 
I mean, I can get pin high on that hole. I do it all the time. Um, so, but I just down to the FT because I lost confidence in the sale, even mm-hmm. though this is not even the same shot. I was like, okay, I see the FD. I need to get out in the middle of the fairway so I can get an upshot. Again, to your point, upshot wasn't great. It kind of skipped down the hill under the tree. Um, I don't know. I feel like when it comes down to it, like the putting aspect, like if I need to put pressure on myself, like putting green is where I can. So I wanted to make sure that I was like, okay, I cannot miss this putt. And um, even though it's not, it wasn't, I mean, what was I, maybe 20 feet? 20, yeah, I would say tw- between 20 and 25, but like very obstructed. Yeah, yeah. under the tree. But yeah. again, I feel pretty okay doing like a weird step out. I don't know if I was on a knee or I was like straddle. I can't remember. Um, but no, I felt I felt okay, even though these weren't my normal putters. I was putting with a uh, sensei. Um, I think anything within that 20 foot range or so i feel pretty confident with about any disc it doesn't matter what type of disc it is Mm. so i was like i've got to make this putt if he gets another stroke on me then i'm going to have a really hard time coming back from it Mm. okay so he makes the putt and that's where i want to spin it to jason jason were you watching him thinking i'm definitely getting a stroke on him like was it shocking that he made the putt or have you played enough and you have enough warehouse putt experience that you you knew there's a chance he's making this yeah, it, it wasn't shocked. I mean, I was hoping he didn't make it because I need all the help I can get, to be honest, right? But no, I, I wasn't surprised that he made the putt. So I, I knew, because I think he putted before. Did I putt before him? I can't remember. I think I knew he that I was going to, I, I needed yeah. to make my putt no matter what, whether he hit it or not, but knowing that, expecting him to hit it. And that's what you should do anyway in competition. Expect your partner, your your competition to hit the putt as you're planning for yours. So, so I wasn't surprised. Okay. So we go to hole five, short little uphills, like 215 feet, um, protected green, have to hit a gap through a tree line that is, if it's 215 to the basket, it's 200 feet to the tree line. Um, it's right there. Uh, Brad's tee shot, that into the hill, uh, doesn't give it the height that he's looking for. Um, so it feels like just a case at this point, the journey is brad is either late releasing or early releasing lots of things yep. uh during this this shot jason we're gonna go to you first you actually put it about 18 feet away from the basket had a pretty clear look at it yeah. um your turnaround you're seeing brad's in the fairway is this an opportunity where you're telling yourself all right i'm just gonna drain this putt definitely picking a stroke up on him here but where I was at, I, I hoped I would. I thought I would with how I had been putting. So, um, and I had a, had a direct look at it, but I missed that putt. <laughs> so, spoiler. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I went up to it. So I was a little disappointed. I was still, I knew I was playing well, right? So it's, you know, confidence is a good thing. <laughs> so even though I missed that putt, I, it was a good stroke. And I threw it, I putted the way I, in my mind, should have putted, right? I didn't go, oh, wow, I pulled that right. Um, so it's easier to stay upbeat when the confidence is there. But yes, when I went to it, I was like, I need to do this because it's, it's starting to slowly put maybe some nails in the coffin a little early. So, but I did. Okay. And then Brad, you are seeing, okay, he's up there. He's putting, he's putting. Well, we know that. How are you feeling on this upshot that you got here? Um, do, do you recall what disc I threw off the tee, Robbie? I think you either went envy or bullet into the hill yeah i think it was a bullet it seems like it was a bullet. i think it was a bullet um see like that just again going back to the tee shot i think this is where i was feeling that like mid-range like lack of confidence maybe a little bit Mm. because i would have probably like my normal bag thrown like a lobster or a dune like just something straight that i know has some glide i don't have to kill it to get up there but i think the bullet i felt like i had to kill to get there I didn't mm. realistically I should have thrown the Mustang. Yeah. There's no reason I shouldn't have thrown the Mustang. But I also know I can get a flip up envy there too. So I, again, knowing the envy and what I can do with it, but this was not that envy. And like I'm like, well, I can't throw this envy. So I'll try the bullet to get a straighter flight. I should have just thrown the Mustang. Um so the the theme, there's a lot of like disc selection um that was not great on my part that I think really, if I look back contributed to me losing some strokes that I really shouldn't have. Um, but yeah, I think, I mean, at this point I wasn't really worried about Jason's putt. I was like, man, I've got to try to figure out a way to make this putt for myself. I wasn't really worried about him at the moment. 
Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Totally. So Brad throws great up shot, pures the gap, leaves himself a bit of a putt, makes the putt. Jason obviously misses his putt. So no strokes gained or lost here. Still a one stroke game. Um, hole six, we're going to move past just because hole six, you have Jason walks into it knowing, hey, I think it's one of the funniest banter moments of the hole because Jason's like, yeah, normally here I'm going to throw my uplink, but I'll have an uplink. And so Jason plays for the easy three, which opens up the window for Brad. Brad throws the uplink shot, and it is one of the prettiest shots in the whole video. Uh, stands up, turns over, drifts a little too much, hits a tree line. Brad doesn't. Brad's got a long look at it. So turns out three for both of you. Then we head to hole seven. Um, Stockheiser around the tree. You both have overstable discs that you can throw here. Um, Jason, you've mentioned it a little bit. Felt like you got lucky through the trees. Yep. Uh, you're both staring at about the same putt. In fact, it's a banter moment on the episode or on the video of like who's actually closer. What's going through your heads here? One stroke gain. You're both seeing the distance of okay, it's a putt off. For me, I was thinking I, honestly, I walked up that putt not confident I was going to make it because I the disc flew differently. I was happy to be where I was at, but I'm usually where Brad was at, and I, that's because I, I usually throw my eternal jackalope that I throw enough hyzer, it comes all the way around, and ends up essentially where Brad is at. Sometimes a little further if I get a good glide. So I've never actually gone between those other two trees the way I did with the bear. And so I was not as, as confident as I've been in my putting. I wasn't like, I'm not going to make it, but I didn't go up going, oh, I'm going to nail this. I'm like, oh, wow. I got it. I like in my mind, I was like, I got to nail this because Brad's going to nail it because I'm talking so much trash about it right now. So, <laughs> and then when I hit it, I was like, well, maybe that messed him up enough. Mm. Uh, but I wasn't 100% confident because I talked so much trash on that hole. So that was motivation. I couldn't, I, would, <laughs> I was not going to miss that putt for anything. Um, no, I think for me, if I was going back, I probably would have rather had your putt. Jason, mine, yeah. I felt very scared for mine. Yeah, because like, it's yours yeah. is downhill behind it, right? Yeah, it goes and down. Robbie, I mean, I just, every time I land on that side of the hill, I think of that moment when you did your, like, little easy putt, hit the cage in the snow, <laughs> the and rolled, like, 300 feet the opposite direction. I'm like, that's going to be me, but not in the snow, so it's not going to be nearly as funny. Um, but I was like, man, this, I just didn't like, because it's, like, kind of a downhill yeah. putt. But you're not flat. Also, like, even yeah. you're standing, you're not flat. You're kind of yeah. on that hill standing, and so... Something I've learned about my game a lot is if my footing is like a, like uneven, I have my probability for misthrowing goes up like 40%. Like I just am not as confident. So I didn't feel super confident, but like Jason said, he was talking a lot of trash. So I had to make it in his face. Um, so yeah, we both, we very good putts. We both had very good putts They're on the hole. Yeah. So um, I don't, I usually play that hole. I think I threw a Raptor. I usually throw my vulture or something around the same fashion. The vulture just goes a little farther for me. So I think pretty stock shot for for yep. me. Um, and I know like hole three seems like where I really blew up, but I think my biggest mistake on the whole round was the next hole. Because yeah. it, it yeah. was like hole three has a lot of probability on that gap. Like you're going to hit it. Yeah, I had a goofy throw with the forehand sail, but I really screwed up the next hole. Like that was like, I put the nail in my own coffin yeah, on, on this next hole. Cause hole eight, 200 feet dead straight. And there is pretty much nothing standing in your way. Like the right side is a little tight on it. So you can't go like swooping hyzer yeah. on it, but you can honestly go like a little bit of a baby hyzer. If you throw straight at the basket and just land left of the basket. So pretty straightforward hole. Uh, Jason has the box, throws Origin, Origin right down there. Another, another conf confirmation that disc is going in the bag. So yeah, this is a great. Jason, I, I went past the basket. So yeah, because at that point you both had disc freedom. So one of the rules to the challenge was you can't, uh, you have to throw all of the discs throughout the round. For every disc you don't throw, you're going to take a stroke penalty. Um, so you both have the freedom at this point because Jason threw his bear and unlocked his Brad unlocked bag freedom on hole six. Jason got it on seven. Um, and heading into that hole, Jason's past the basket. 
Brad, what's going through your mind on that tee shot? Um, I, I knew that moment was like my tee box decision and throw is going to determine if I have a chance to come back or not. Mm. Um, so I knew, and I don't know why I feel like if there's a putting pressure approach pressure, I feel great with, it doesn't bother me tee box pressure. And it's maybe just like where I'm feeling like less confident. Again, I've changed my grip. I've changed a little bit of how I'm throwing. I'm continually trying to get better at that. I think I just don't have a lot of confidence off the tee anymore. So it's mm. causing me to make the wrong disc decision. It's not the disc, it's me, just to be clear. Um, what I should have done, I mean, there's several things I should have done before what I actually did, to be fair. Um, I, I think I ended up throwing the envy on yep. backhand, right? Yep. And I I played it too far right, because again, the, again, that was a newer envy. I didn't have the confidence in the hand with it. I knew I had to give it a little bit more swing to come back in. So I ended up throwing it into like the creek, basically, on the right-hand side. I could have easily, and I forehand envies all the time, I could have easily forehanded that envy and parked the basket. I could have easily thrown the Mustang very straight and parked the basket. I could have forehanded the MX-1. I could have forehanded the Raptor. Like, There's a ton of things I should have done other than just throw that envy into the trees. And I, I knew that was going to be my error, too. Like I knew the error was going to be throwing it too wide. Mm. Well, that was the hole too. Is the one you were recently had Mustang out, and it's longer than two hundred, Robbie. It's like two forty. Not that makes okay. a big difference, but the re he had the Mustang out. We're like, dude, even I would cook. It's such it's more touchy to have a good shot with the Mustang because Brad could definitely bomb the Mustang. If I can throw the Mustang far, Brad can. And so the envy was. I still think the envy, maybe the uplink would have been a better play because I mean I, I oh, throw yeah. an uplink for me. I threw the. For me, I, I, that hole is either an uh, origin, a hex, or an uplink, depending on how I'm feeling that day. But I've thrown the uplink a ton, out left, let it slowly drift. And so, but an NB is the same way if you have confidence in that NB you had. So, I think Brad, Robbie and I both said it, even though the throw didn't turn out well, we're like, that was the right call over the Mustang for that hole. So, yeah, probably the uplink was a, the better play, maybe the most probable, because again, with the uplink, I can just kind of toss it and have a lot of control and, yeah, just get there. Yeah. Versus like trying to force the envy to flex or, you know, yeah, Mustang, I would have been way long. Right. You'd had to put so much lightness on it that it probably would have gone left a lot further yeah. than you maybe you'd want if you went two notes up. Yeah. So I, I think the tee, my tee box decision and my miss throw off the tee was really like solidified Jason was going to win. I knew after I threw that throw that there was like a 5% chance I could come back. And, it wasn't going to be me playing well. I would have been me playing really well and birdieing out and Jason making a really big mistakes, which he just wasn't doing that day. Yeah, totally fair. Jason. So you see Brad rip it into the tree and you know, he's got a circle two look at this basket. What are you thinking in this moment? Well, I'm thinking that I think, and I have this for the win, but I said, I need, I, in my mind, I, I needed to nail the putt to just kind of slowly put it more out of reach. But I, I'll be honest, when I, after I threw that, cause the origin was just flying so well that day, like my confidence was like at the top, I'm like, I'm going to walk up, make this putt, whether I'm 10 feet or 20 feet, I'm going to make this putt. That's how I felt. Cause that throw was, I was so happy with the origin that day that it gave me crazy confidence. So so I knew, like, I knew I needed to make the putt, but I was like, I'm going to make it. So it's almost like I'm going to go make this putt, so we're good. So Yeah. Which is fun to be there and actually back it up because too often I have that confidence and don't back it up. So that was awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. So we go to the next hole, hole nine. Jason's still got the box, gets a stroke on Brad on that hole, on hole eight. Um, has the box and throws, I mean, throws a lawn dart. Puts it up there. I think you were... 12, 15 feet away from the basket yeah, on that at, one? At, at most. The origin again, hole 18 in, or at Fallen Creek was our hole nine for this. But yes, it was the origin. And it was, again, that confidence was just oozing. So at that point, Brad, what's going through your mind? Oh, when he throws that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I, I just said it, but after the lat, the previous hole, I was like, there's a very, very slim chance I'm even going to come back, let alone win. So I was just trying to not embarrass myself at that point. If I'm being honest, I totally fair. That's what we're here for getting those thoughts. And so hole kind of closes out as you would expect at that point, Brad's making some highlight putts or trying to make some highlight putts, I guess is the, the different way to put it. Um, and Jason doesn't give it up. 
pulls out the dub. So coming at the other side of it um, with the whole experience, what would you say are your biggest, both of you, what would you say is your biggest takeaway from the bag draft experience? Um, I think for me, it made me realize how much I lean on the disc in my specific bag, not mm. just like the particular mold. I think I said that maybe at the top of the episode. Um, and I really do some work with an approach disc. I really do. Even on like longer approaches, I'm grabbing that. I made it several times today. I mean, I'm like 150 plus out and I'm pulling out a zone to do the work, not something else. Um, so it really, I didn't think it would hurt me that much to not have an approach disc, but I was foolish and I was wrong. So it did. And I definitely have a comfort with my particular discs, not just the mold. And I don't know that I like that, to be honest with you. And I, and I have some work. I have some work to do on making good decisions off the tee. I have some work to do on getting confidence off the tee again. And then again, just, I think just general like strategy, I definitely have some work I need to do. Mm. My takeaways were that so I was happy to be part of a challenge to do a challenge. You, you know, you hear people do one disc round challenge, three disc round challenges. Brad and I've talked about doing that a few times. And so that getting to do something that's different gets to kind of spice up disc golf a little bit, right? Not that disc golf is boring, but sometimes you get in a rut of, okay, I'm just going out and throwing disc and whatever. Well, here having the challenge of disc I haven't thrown before or different plastics was fantastic. I love it. And, and I'm not, I'm not quite the opposite of Brad, but I'm a counter to Brad a little bit and that I, there are times I rely on specific discs, but I go other than because I, when I first got here, even when I was on in the bag the first time, I was envy all the way, and I rarely throw an envy anymore. I keep one in the bag, and I threw it on hole 18 today and got a birdie, but it was the only envy I threw all day. Um, the uplink is the most consistent one, but I didn't throw the uplink once today. So, and the hex mm -hmm. is that new one. So, I'm cycling through. Even the origin, I only threw twice today. So, I'm very – and granted, I don't play very well either, so I have – that's part of my fun of disc golf is throwing a bunch of different discs. And so that I, I don't rely as much on that. And I just, for my score that day, I, I, I told Robbie this off camera and Brad, like I was happy to have on camera me playing the best I've ever played in my life. That is hundred percent without doubt the best I've ever played. Cause I did a tournament that weekend shot really well. And so it was fun to have that on camera. So it's easy to have fun when you're playing well. Right. But the, the other part of that is doing the different disc is fun. Even if I throw it once and realize I don't like it, I enjoy going through that process. Um, and even like I say, when I look at my bag today, other than the jackalope, the jackalope has been consistent since the fall and there's still a, an uplink in my bag, but I didn't throw it once today, but it kind of mixes in, in and out for how it is. And I, I like that variety. I may not go score a lot cause I'm not getting specific discs to do specific things, but I like changing it up for the fun of it. Hmm. Well, I love to hear it. So gentlemen, Thank you for being willing to experiment for this challenge. And this is where we throw it to the viewers uh, and the listeners, because I think as the podcast continues to evolve, obviously 56 episodes in, mm -hmm. um, we uh, have, obviously we're not going to change the format in terms of we're still going to bring people on. We're still going to do bag reviews, bag fittings um, and do that. But as a, as an aside, uh, I think the heart of this has always been there aren't a lot of beginner focused podcasts out there. And if you know my heart, you know, Brad's heart, like we are we are all about welcoming people into this sport. So this is a challenge. If this was something that you thought, hey, that was I really enjoyed hearing how, why you drafted what you drafted, got to see the video of the experience and got to see kind of the afterthought or the the mid thoughts and this was helpful for you in your game let us know in the comments below uh and let us know what we can do to tweak this challenge in the future bring back the rematch uh because i'm telling you if we bring that back the rematch and brad ties it up you guys know that means we gotta have round three so you know and since we have a special guest who is mr warehouse himself jason what is new in the warehouse what is doing the warehouse? We already teased probably the biggest new thing we've already teased. So I'll repeat that again, that uh, 20 year anniversary buzz. We have a ton of them. There are lots of availability, lots of foils, lots of colors. We have some with the buzz, uh, the buzz foil itself, which is super cool. The discraft foil, 
there's a foil you like we got a, a variety of colors that's out there for sure the purling is like beautiful on yeah it's, it is it is the i have not seen and granted i'm still newish to disc golf right but i have not seen a a a discraft disc with that kind of purling maybe some of the ledgestone special drops but the purly the the mm. pearlish look on there some of the blacks the grays the blues the pinks they have a very cool shimmer and shine on there um we have what do we have we have recycled diamonds we have a bunch of diamonds in general mm-hmm. we got some recycled diamonds that feel great we have tournament bears that showed up as well um orbit bears orbit bears sorry not so a bunch of trilogy stuff that's going to hit well, by the time you see this, it'll already be on the site, but a ton of new trilogy that's coming in. Uh, the car, we have the agent. Yeah, Glow the, Agent. The Glow Agent from Carter. can't remember his last name. That young kid who's tearing up the courses. So mm-hmm. yeah. lots of good stuff. VIP Ice Orbit Underworld, if you're an Underworld oh, yeah. fan. I threw that for Warehouse Guys Throw. Spoilers, you'll see that coming out soon. But um, really liked how it flew. It yeah. was actually not as flippy as I thought it would be. I mean, Underworld's pretty flippy, but... That VIP or uh, Ice Orbit like so, gave it a little. Yep. Saki Bomb Daggers came in. Oh as well. yeah, yep. the, yeah. Royal Robbie Sun. Saki Bomb cool. Daggers. What? Yeah, yeah. I know your boy. So hit me up about that, Robbie. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. So a lot of good stuff there. We've got some, uh, just some random stuff we've been putting up. I mean, we've restocked some like popular Innova molds that were out of stock. We're just kind of trying to keep those all stocked for your destroyers, your race, your its. Those sort of things are all up. Make sure you check those out. We got a, uh, a handful of just a handful of thought space got thrown up. We had some extra we found at the warehouse, a handful of eras, some of those composite signature eras with Drew Gibson's uh, uh, print on there. A few of those got thrown on the site yesterday because we found a couple. So, yeah, a lot of a lot of great stuff. Uh, and again, if you are a fan of the performance hat and you haven't grabbed one of the new collars, now's the time because they are almost gone. Um, those are been flying off the shelves. So make sure if you're a fan of those. Uh, us big-headed folk, it even fits us. So if you're a big-headed guy like Robbie or Jason or I, they actually fit. Um, they fit both normal size heads and extra large heads. So um, that definitely is a great choice for this nice sweaty weather that we're having. So make sure you check those out as well. Fantastic. Well, sounds like I'm going to be checking out what's new in the warehouse. Looking forward to it and finding that new disc. And it's like, you know what? Should have drafted a zone, should have drafted a pearly buzz, whatever that may be. And when you find that disc and you go, oh, man, this is as good as Jason with an origin. What do you do if it's good, Jason? Keep it in the bag. We'll see you all next week.